You damn right. Welcome to Thursday. Not just any Thursday. It is NFL Draft Thursday. Always love this one. We will talk a lot of draft today. What are you looking forward to? Who's your team? What do you want them to get? Obviously, Texans have a couple. Cowboys have a big pick. And B. John Robinson may find out. From everything we're hearing, it is going to be tonight when he finds out where he's headed. Lots of draft talk today. Let's jump in. It's Chad and Zay on this beautiful Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. I got the Cowboys shirt on. I got the Cowboys cup. I'm like page 27 of a Cowboys catalog today. And joining me as always is a man who will be a Cowboys fan if Bijan Robinson becomes a Cowboy. Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Ah, tonight's the night. What up, Chad? Happy Thursday, everybody. And yeah, a lot of guys' lives will be changed tonight. It's exciting. Woo, man. I am so glad this thing has evolved over the years. I'm not telling you the draft wasn't cool when I was a kid. It was, but it was all lumped together. They used to do everything on a weekend. It was Saturday and Sunday, and it took forever. Forever. Like, the first round used to take 11 hours. Oh, hell no. As I'm growing up. It was nuts. How long? Because they would go 15 full minutes between each pick. And every team would take every bit of it. Then you added commercials, and it was crazy. But I loved it when they went to this Thursday night idea. We get the first round. We get to digest it all tonight. Come back tomorrow. Discuss it all. Try to figure out what happens. And then move on. So it is a big day. Let us know what you're thinking. The NFL draft, a truly unique experience. And remember, get out to the Pluckers location of your choice tonight. We're going to be out there for the Pluckers draft party. I cannot wait. I'm going to be hanging out over at the 183 location, my favorite Pluckers location. Zay is going to be hanging out with all you folks at the Lakeline location. You ready to roll tonight, Zay? Always, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's my second time, third time doing this, actually. There you go. Yeah, I always have a blast doing it. Shout out to Pluckers. We're always partnering with us. And, yeah, it's going to be a good time. See somebody already on the Specs text line going crazy. Zay, it's an easy effing decision. America's effing team. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all right. There you go. We'll see. see, For Zay, Zay's in that category of kind of feelings up for grabs. He's a Longhorn fan. He loves him some five. He loves Bijan. Now, here's the question I haven't asked yet, Zay. Are you willing – to give your fandom pretty much anywhere Bijan ends up. Yep, so I could be an Eagles fan just like that. Ooh. Just like that. See? Rock coming in here, rocking the fresh Randall Cunningham throwback jersey or a Bijan Robinson th- uh, jersey in a throwback edition. Ooh. Either or, I'm good with it. You could go, you're saying you could go Green Birds, you could go Dirty Birds, you could go Detroit. You'll go wherever he ends up. Wherever Bijan goes, I'm going. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fans like that, especially if you are born and raised. Longhorn fan, but you don't necessarily have like a hardcore connection to the Cowboys or maybe even the Texans or whatever. Um, I've always said, man, when you're born and raised in the Austin area, Central Texas, your teams, you can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. You're not trapped like I am. I'm a Dallas area kid. I can't root for Houston teams. It makes no sense. Yo, I know Houston area people can't root for Dallas teams. You're right. I hear you. I know guys that are still fans of the Tennessee Titans, and VY hasn't taken a snap in over 10 years for them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that, that can happen, too. Your college feelings can be so strong, 
it'll make you an NFL fan when you didn't even expect it. Yeah. Now, it is a little bit different because Vince Young and Griff, Michael Griffin, both played for Tennessee around the same time. So it was a little extra love for the Tennessee Titans. Like, my brother was a huge Titans fan because of that also, and him and Mike are very close. But still, I, I could see it that way too. But, yeah, you mm-hmm. – that one guy that you've been a fan of in college your whole career, I think my mom is still a fan of the Colts because she loves Peyton that much. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It can happen. It can happen. Somebody says, so he's going to be an Eagles fan? Yes, and Zay just confirmed that. Somebody, oh, yeah. Somebody else says, I love number five, but even he couldn't get me to root for the dumpster fire Cowboys. Whoa, all right. Damn. Shots fired. See, that's sometimes sometimes what you have. Somebody that's some sa- serious hate, but I respect it. Somebody says, never go full Aggie and never go full Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Um, all right, so a lot of stuff coming in. Uh, somebody says, I love. Chris, our man Chris Bennett says, I loved watching the draft all day Saturday and Sunday. I think 09 was the last draft before they went prime time. It was just too much for me, CB. I couldn't do it, man. So back in the VCR days, I would record a lot of it, try to fast forward through some because you just, it was such a commitment. You had to commit like the entire day, night. Oh my God, it was crazy. So I'm, I'm just glad we've, we've separated things a little bit. They're in Kansas City tonight, if you didn't know. And again, we're headed out to the Pluckers locations uh, here in the Austin area. We're going to have a lot of fun. And we'll bring you the Cowboys broadcast. The official Cowboys draft broadcast starts at 6 o'clock. You'll hear every single pick including the Cowboys, and you'll hear the first communication between the Jones family or Coach McCarthy and that first pick that the Cowboys make it 26 or wherever they make it. It's an emotional moment, Zay, when that first phone call comes in. Uh, this is Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. Are you ready to be a Dallas Cowboy? And then the guy passes out, wakes up, and then Jerry makes him a Cowboy. Yo, I just saw Micah Parsons' draft video and how hype he was to mm-hmm. put that star on. And, how great was that? Oh, uh, it was amazing. That, it was amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I, that's one of those things that I love about the draft. There's moments like that where guys realize, man, I've been working my ass off yep. for this moment, and now it's coming true. And we know it doesn't pan out for everybody, but, hey, it's the start of something that could be really special. Yeah, and then, you know, in June, it's going to come up again with the with the basketball side of things, but that's what I love about it, too, man. Everybody you know, they get dressed up. You got family members there. You're wherever you are. Now with the Zoom technology, they can be all over the place. But to realize that dream might be a team you thought, you know, you thought you'd become. But like we talk about with the recruiting side, in recruiting, you get to choose. There's that last moment where you get to pick. We're talking about it in the flex segments right now uh, where all these cats from around the area are trying to figure out where do I want to go. But tonight is about who takes you. It's one of the weirdest job situations for big time for a, you know big time athletes. But you get to it's chosen for you for the next four to five years, kind of like the recruiting thing. But right. it's chosen, and that means your city is chosen. The community, uh, you hope it's a community that will embrace you. You'll embrace it. You'll embrace those people, and you'll start learning things. And then you have to go and find your house and do all that. But all that happens tonight, and uh, and barring something crazy, uh, it will happen for Bijan Robinson and some NFL team is is going to get one of the best guys we've ever had a chance to cover around these parts. And obviously, he's a damn good player too. Yeah, you know. B. John Robinson, everybody talks about the value of a running back, as they should. I get it, but he's a special player. He's not like every average running back. And you think about him 
coming on that next contract five years from now and seeing what happens with whatever team he's on, most likely he'll deserve more money than what he, you know, got during his rookie contract over the course of that five years. But you're not going to have to worry about him wasting his money. Like, Bijan's the type of guy, depending on the situation, he might take less money due to wanting to play with more talent and wanting to extend his career and play on a really good team. And knowing that, you know, 10 years is very rare for a running back. So maybe playing on a good team instead of going to get the Austin Eckler route, you see where he's at right now. Yeah. You know, I could see somebody like Bijan Robinson doing that. You know, I don't, he's not, we're not going to have to worry about him having like a Vince Young moment. Sorry, Vince, but you are an example of what not to do mm. off the field. I hate to say that, but it Damn. is what it is. BY, that's cold. I, I was, what do you mean it's cold? That's it's cold, it's real. It is real. It might be real, I, but it's it cold. It is real. I feel like he, he should be, pre, he's always on campus and stuff. He should be letting those guys know, hey, yeah. don't be like me in this way. And I'm sure he does. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. like, he owns up to it. Like, she should own up to it. It is what it is. But you won't have to worry about B. John Robinson. In those, with those problems in any way. I bet you he has a lot of this NIL money stashed up. You know it. So, yeah, uh, uh, whoever picks them tonight, they're getting a very, very classy dude. He's probably the only person ever to safely drive a Lambo. For real. Right? He might be the only guy. The only, yeah. He might be the only guy in his age group that's ever bought a Lambo and not driven it into a wall somewhere. Yeah. Just absolutely crazy. He probably didn't drive it much. He probably just showed it off yeah. for appearances. Okay, so here's the thing. This wouldn't be for you, Zay, because, again, you, you, you've already said your fandom's up for grabs wherever he ends up. Did you catch some of the things he's been saying about the Eagles last couple of days? Yeah. A couple of those little details yeah, that he's throwing in. Yeah. So he went to, of all the – it's weird, the two teams. He went to the Eagles and the Bucks. So the Bucks pick around 18 or 19, something like that. Um, and he visited both of them recently. When he was asked about the Eagles, he mentioned how great everybody was. And two different interviews. He mentioned the janitor. Did you hear that? Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. The janitor. Yeah, like you chopped it up with the janitor. He was cool. All the people that hung out at Big 12 Media Days the last couple of years and got to see Bijan, there was this thing that would come out of it where people would go, wow, he has this way of making you feel important when you're nothing. Like, he's the something, but he'll make you feel important. So I can only imagine, what did Bijan see in the janitor? What did he find out about the janitor, about him or her? And to make him remember it and say it to two different interviews. That's crazy little detail stuff. But it also, as a Cowboys fan, has me worried. Because if he's mentioning the janitor, (laughs) that might tell me he really enjoyed his time with the Eagles crew. Yeah, they asked him what quarterback he would love to play with, and he said Jalen Hurts. Right. They asked him, like, if you don't have to choose Patrick Mahomes, yeah, who would you choose? And he said Jalen Hurts, and it's like, yeah, that ain't good, Cowboys fans. (laughs) That didn't sound That ain't good, because he could have easily said Dak. He could have said Dak Prescott, but he didn't. That didn't sound great. So yesterday we had a guest. I can't remember which one it was. I can't remember if it was Justin Wells or Chip or if it was Joe DeLeon. One of them said they feel like two teams are are poised to get to true greatness, Eagles and Bills, if either either one of them got Bijan. I'll extend it with one other team and one other guy. I think if the Eagles, Bills, or Bengals, and or Bengals end up with a badass running back tonight, a lot of things could change. So I'm going to put Gibbs in the discussion, too, because I saw a mock today that had Gibbs going to Cincinnati late in this round tonight. Think about that for a second, Zay. 
think about that. That's a good kid. With what they're going through with Mixon right now, where they may have to decide, you know what, we're going to have to let this thing go. Yeah, P. Ryan, he's gone. We're going to finally have to just, with all that receiving talent and with Burrow, if they added a talent like Gibbs, and then you take the Eagles and Bills. Now, the, I don't think I'm with everybody else. I don't think Bijan lasts all the way to 27. That's where the Bills would pick. So if the Eagles end up with Bijan, and if one of those other two teams ends up with Gibbs, I think those two teams really take steps forward, assuming, I don't know what kind of guy Gibbs is in terms of a locker room guy or whatever, but I'm assuming Nick Saban you know, would tell us. I'm assuming he's a decent enough guy. Yeah, I don't know if he's chopping it up with the janitor or anything. Right, exactly, he's, right. He's probably a good guy. But again, you, <laughs> we, if there's one thing we've learned in hanging out around Bijan a little bit, you cannot expect anyone to be Bijan. That is a, a huge high bar. In terms of the personal side of it, so I'm interested tonight when we talk about it, and we'll we'll, we'll get your thoughts today too from the, the fandom. What is it you're most interested in tonight? Is it a particular team? Is it a particular player? If you're a Longhorn fan, I'm assuming it would be Bijan. But for me, Zay, it's running backs. It's a position that everybody likes to dog, but it is a position this year that's getting a little extra attention. I want to know if we get out of tonight and two running backs go. And do they go to really good teams? Because then I think that's danger for everybody else that's rooting for playoff level teams. Yeah, yeah. And there's some pretty good running backs, you know, after Bijan and Gibbs. The UCLA guy, you know, he's solid. I think A Chain's going to be better than you think. Do you? I, I do. Okay. I do. I think his speed, he's going to be a difference maker, but you just think, like everybody yeah. else, it depends on what squad he goes to. And I think the underrated guy on the running back side is the Tulane uh, cat, Tajay Spears. Yeah. When he showed out against USC, even though USC's defense is pretty mediocre, that's still not a power five crew doing that to you. Mm-hmm. And he was very impressive all year long. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think he's going to get selected tonight, but he's going to be a guy that I think could play for a long time in the league. So, yeah, it's interesting. The running backs, you know, Roshan Johnson, where's he going to go? I see people got him all the way, you know, in the double digits as far as the rankings go for running backs. And then we talked about earlier, there's people that got him in the top five for running backs, which you always got to remember, he did not take a beat like a lot of these guys did during their collegiate career because B. John Robinson was that main guy. So Roshan's going to come in very fresh and very mature. Yeah. And that's what you got to love about a big back of his type. Yeah, and I, back back to the, the, the kind of comparisons and stuff. For you, and again, I just may be too close to it because he, I've watched him so much. For you, is A-Chain the third best back in this draft? Is he is he right behind Bijan and Gibbs? Because um, I think I'd slot him down just a little bit from there. So you like the UCLA kid? I tell you, the one how guy, do you pronounce his name by the way? Uh, oh, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Sound like some one. Let me put it this way: one of these guys I'm seeing on ESPN has it ranked this way: Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, and Devon A. Chain. I think if you give me a choice at a moment in the draft, again. When you get to the draft, this is not about school colors anymore. This is about NFL. This is about who's the best player. I think I'd take Roshan right. over A-Chain because I get a bigger, more physical back. I think he's more versatile, and he can give me more options, a little more just more, a little more modular if I know – I'm not knowing exactly what my NFL offense would be. I think I'd lean that way. And I love Chain to death. 
I love the way – the fact that he ended his career the way he did, I'll never forget him. He gutted it out that LSU game, came back, rehabbed, and kicked LSU's butt in a way I didn't think they were going to do. That was awesome. I just am not sure if he's a versatile, every-down, badass NFL running back. But was Jimbo using them the right way? Like oh, how well, we know was you know, we know that was question. we know that was talked about all year long how ancient and dated Jimbo's offense was. That's why they had to bring in old boy. So well, was he being utilized like he should have? That's a fair question. And to the teams that end up with Bijan and Roshan, we could tell them about that too. For sure. Hey, you guys know what you saw in film? They didn't give him the ball enough. <laughs> they needed more. They needed more. Zay, how many times he touched it against TCU? 12. Yeah. How many receiving targets did Bijan have against Bama? Wasn't it none? Oh, wow. Was it zero? I think it might have been zero in the second half or whatever the number was. So, that's an yeah, that's an interesting point too cuz yeah, coming out of that Jimbo offense, there's always the clunky factor of yeah, what did you really use things? Uh, obviously the last game was big I time. I say he overperformed. The last game is big time for him and then what A-Chain did at the combine is huge. Yeah. He went, you know, showed up there and went freaky. He's going to be one of the names we think of. I dig Kendra Miller. Yeah, TCU. me too. Me too. I think that's a good running back in the NFL if you put him in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish he would have played in that national championship game because they would have got beat by 30 instead of 70. <laughs> but, you know, I, he, he's a tough guy, man. He, really he had is. that huge breakout run when Tennessee came down here and that 17-10 win for the Horned Frogs. But, yeah, I think he's one of those underrated guys, just like my man out of um, Minnesota. Ibrahim. Oh, Ibrahim. Yeah, I see I, him slipping down lists, too. I, I, it must be the injury problem. Yeah. I feel like he got hurt at one point of his career and then came back strong, but they did use him a lot. Like That's a guy that's going to come in a little battered. Yeah, you're, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, he, He's a Big Ten running back in every way. <laughs> they really <laughs> used him. Uh, this text just came in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Zay, this one may be a little bit of a, uh, of a cynical approach. It says... He did not meet the janitor. The answer is scripted. I don't know. It's Bijan. It's Bijan. If you follow up with him, see, I would follow up. I'm the idiot that would follow up and go, Bijan, that's crazy you would mention the janitor. What was it about that interaction that stood out? And then I'd catch him if he lied. I think Bijan would tell me. I think Bijan would be like, you know, we talked barbecue sauce. It was the weirdest thing. (laughs) I happened to be eating. I had just gone to a famous barbecue a barbecue place up there. Trying to put me on game uh, cheese steaks. Exactly right. We, you know what, we were talking Geno's. I I went to Pat's. Yeah, and he's a Geno's guy. So we started talking cheese. I bet I bet he'd have an answer. I bet he would. I don't think that's scripted. No, I I don't think so either. You haven't heard anything bad said about Bijan Robinson ever. So I'm I'm not buying it either. All right, so how about this? Even if Cowboys fans' hearts get broken and Bijan becomes an eagle, somebody texts Roshan to the Cowboys, third round. Let's go. Come on now. huh? You like that? It's a good all-around back. Yeah, no, I I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. I'm interested to see what Mike McCarthy means by run the damn ball because we have yet to see him call a play as an offensive coordinator when he's not snapping the ball to that guy wearing 12 in Green Bay. I mean, think about that. It changes everything you do. You're snapping the ball to one of the greatest, just pure quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. So the idea of run the damn ball doesn't make much sense. But he's declared that for these Cowboys. So when he thinks of it, who do you want to hand the ball to? Now, that that would bring up the next question with Roshan. 
is Roshan, we know Bijan is, is Roshan an every down workhorse back in the NFL? Or is or is Roshan a specialized running back in the league? Uh, I mean, I think he's a committee guy. There's you're gonna have to pair him with somebody else. Yeah, I think to so be too. Productive like a Tony Pollard, but how is he gonna bounce back from the injury? And uh-huh. then Malik Davis, how much do you believe in him? I think Malik Davis could give you a little something. Yeah. Now I still think they need a running back in this draft. Yeah, and and I I will tell you as a fan of a team that he was just on. When he's right and healthy and you block for him, Ronald Jones not bad. Right. Not ter- that's not terrible running back. So but then if you're a Cowboys fan, is that enough would that be enough of an idea if we get out of the out of this draft and it and that's the idea. It's Roshan added to what the Cowboys have. What would you think? Let us know. 337-3776. Draft night is coming. We'll talk a lot of draft today. Jeff Howe, Horns247.com will jump in at 105. He's a Cowboys fan like myself. We'll get his thoughts on Bijan where he's hearing Bijan could end up. Is he worried about that Eagles thing? Like I am. Uh, coming up, though, let's talk some NBA as well. Great stuff again last night. Two series come to an end. Memphis stays alive, and Golden State got a big win. Plus, coming up in the crab bag at 1245, Longhorn fans, let's get them out there. Those draft numbers for the Longhorns that will change tonight. Probably. This is the Horn. Chad and Zay. Okay. I like where you're starting here, Zay. This just sounds right up my alley. Give me a vocal here. No, no. We're building. Yeah, five minutes song. It <laughs> might take a while. We all know how this goes. Oh, we are building. We are building it up. Oh, goodness. All right. Kind of has a Scorpions feel to it at that point without hearing a singer. Nope. Not Scorpions. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Uh, I do not know. I have no guess. Merciful fate. <laughs> Oh, if it's Merciful Faith, that means this is King Diamond singing, I think. A dangerous meeting. Now, Merciful Fate might have had other incantations, if you will, that didn't have King Diamond. But I think King Diamond was the lead singer of Merciful Fate. All right, Merciful Fate gets us started. What's it called again? A dangerous meeting. (laughs) So you're not messing with this? You don't like the voice here? No, no, if it is the king, the king had an incredible voice. King Diamond was, hit that falsetto of his was on another plane. Yeah, I like this voice. But thematically, this band would have gone a little more consistently darker than I wanted to go. Okay. Just a little more, you know. Yeah. Like, I couldn't have every single song be about, doesn't the world suck and everything's awful and it's terrible and demons and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover. It looks like Satan... Was a Kawhi Leonard finger pointing at somebody. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind a band that would kind of dip into the satanic discussion. I didn't need you to live there. (laughs) I didn't need you to live. Either way, right? Either way, whether it was the demonic side or the angelic side, you can dip your toe. Don't live there. Because if you live there, I get tired of it pretty fast. 
So I didn't like I wasn't into Striper for that reason. Striper went all the way to the religious side, all the way in, and I'm like, oh, fellas, fellas, you put it. Oh, never mind, too far. Yeah, but that's cool for their fan base, just like Merciful Fate's fan base. They wanted to show up and be all right. The world sucks. Let's go. I just can't do that for two hours. I can't do it for the whole show. Oh, I get it. I'm a positive person. I couldn't do it either. Yeah, it's got to. You got to. You got to find the balance. Got to balance it out a little bit. That's to me. Back to the world of like hip hop. That's what was so great about Public Enemy. You were getting all this wonderful topical stuff, and then you had to smile when Flavor Flav hit the stage. Yeah, like it was. You were forced into it almost. It was crazy. And there was some some metal bands I could say that about too. Merciful Fate uh, starts us off today. It's NFL Draft Night. Remember, uh, Rod and Harge are going to be out at the Link location of Pluckers to get everything started. They'll be previewing uh, the draft and everything that they're hearing. All the latest rumors and mock drafts and everything then Harge is going to be staying at the link location we mentioned it earlier Zay's going to be at Lake Line I'll be uh, hanging at 183 with our man Ty Henderson Ty's going to be running the show out at 183 real simple you show up and if you want to you sign up to, to pick for a particular team or a particular pick if it's your favorite number or whatever and if you get the pick right all you have to do is let Ty know let Zay know whoever's there at the microphone let them know before Goodell says it and as long as you get it right, the entire place gets a special. So it's a lot of fun at the Pluckers Draft Party. Come on out and see us tonight, hornfm.com, for where everybody is going to be tonight. Uh, also, Zay, before we get back into N- uh, NBA stuff and any other sports stuff, let's see if we can do this in a respectful way because normally it was a little more fired up. So maybe it needs to be a Jerry, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, oh, rest, guy. rest in peace to Jerry Springer. That broke my heart when Craig Way told me that earlier today as I'm driving in. It does hurt. He's an absolute legend. Dude, I love that show. It's one of the best parts of being sick as a kid, knowing I get to watch that at 1030 in the morning. You know what? That's not where I did it. Vacation. <laughs> me and my wife, and then later me, my wife, and my daughter, we get to the hotel, get to the resort, get to wherever we were getting to. Whoo! And Jerry Springer. Reruns of Springer. We, we'll do some Maury. We'll do some You Are Not the Father. Yeah. But if we could find some good old Springer, that was the best. That was the best. I, I loved it as a vacation. You know, you just want to get let your mind get away. And you want something mindless. And that's exactly what Jerry was. It was a completely bizarre, in many ways, awful show. But... It had its place, and it, it, it's, it's given us so many different things from the Jerry chant to a lot of other things. Uh, so rest in peace to Jerry Springer. Godspeed, sir. You are a, you, that, is, that show is as unique as it gets. Nobody's ever going to do that again. No, you can't. 2023, nope. beyond, you can't, you can't get away with that. And yeah, RIP, he was a goat in his own right. You have a favorite episode, favorite moment? Um. Honestly, I'm not a, I'm not as much of a Jerry Springer, you know, devotee that I could tell you there's one episode. I just, you know, I I dug I dug the conflict. Yeah. And particularly I loved the episodes like where, little people fighting and stuff or big women wrestling in mud and stuff like that. Actually, my favorite genre, let's go genre. Okay. My favorite genre was um love triangle. Classic. Where the people were as hillbilly, mountain, or country as you could get. That was my favorite. The lo- Yeah, Love Triangle. 
families, friends, whatever, and when the person could, the person could be just, you know, not, just not couth, not, uh, not no manners. Like the less yeah. manners were better. So then, when that third person came out, immediately there was screaming and yelling and hollering and. Why are you with her then? And then it was just great. Oh, you have to be on another level just to accept being on that show because you know what it's about and what they might do to you. Who knows what was going on backstage and how they liquored them up and stuff like that to get them to act crazy. But I remember this episode, my favorite episode. I'll never forget it. When Love Triangle. Oh, yeah. They were fighting over a woman. Uh-huh. How did we settle this, guys? Let's blow play one-on-one basketball game outside in the parking lot. Oh, that's fantastic. On a rinky-dink-ass goal yeah. in jeans. Nice. Playing to five. They felt- I want to say the goal was about five or about eight, seven, eight, nine. Wasn't regulation. Oh, my no, God. Wesley Snipes, you know, white man can't jump. Is this regulation, Woody Harrison? Is this regulation? Tell no, me- it's not regulation. Tell me there was a chain net. Was there a chain net? No, wasn't oh, okay. chain net. Too dangerous. Okay. But they did were they, dunking and stuff. It was intense. Did they film in New York or Chicago? Or where did they film? Chicago. That? It was Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Oh, my God. See, that's and his great. bodyguard had a knockoff show. It was just basically the same thing. Steve. Yeah, Steve-O. They <laughs> chant Steve's name and stuff. It got watered down real fast. It got old for me kind of fast. But just the fact that it existed. It was some, there was some comfort to the fact that that show existed. Uh, so rest in peace to Jerry Springer today. Um, tonight is in. NFL draft, and if you look at the NBA schedule, they are staying out of the way. Uh, in fact, we might have gotten no games tonight had Atlanta, excuse me, had Boston handled their business, but it's going to be Boston and Atlanta back in Atlanta tonight, uh, 7.30 on TNT. But last night, Zay, we saw two series end. The Heat and the Knicks finished it off. I think we probably should start with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Holy Mackerel. You talk about a crowd that was not ready to lose. That Milwaukee crowd, they got drawn into a trap last night, and then Jimmy Butler sprang it for them. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it. You know, it all starts with Giannis getting injured in the first game. That set them back completely. And then moving forward, you know Tyler Hero, he got hurt too, but they don't equal each other out. <laughs> they don't. Right. Because we've seen that. There's guys off the bench, which Miami and Pat Riley. Pat Riley's one of the best front office guys in the history of the game. From bringing guys in that maybe aren't drafted, maybe aren't a five-star coming out, like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Who are these guys? Gabe Vincent went to UC Santa Barbara. Max Struess transferred from, I want to say, Liberty to DePaul. Wow. Like, these are random dudes. Dude, Vincent looked good last night. Vincent looked like the man last night. My God, 22? Yeah, hitting big-time threes and clutch time. And for the Bucks, you're up by 12. And Spo, he just completely outcoached Budenholzer the whole entire series. Again, yes, we know Giannis is hurt. And him going 10 for 23 from the free throw line, that, that can't happen. You're one of the best players in the league. We know he's always had free throw issues from taking too long on his attempts. Then now, <sighs> whether it's his back or the moment's too big, I don't know. You can't miss that many free throws and expect to win that game. You, you know, just can't. You know, if he'd been on the road, they'd have counted. 
they'd have started counting again. Yeah. He's lucky he was at home. By the way, you mentioned Budenholzer. Uh, remind me, Zay, you watch more basketball than I do. When did the NBA make that rule that if you're the number one seed in the playoffs, you're not allowed to call timeouts? When did they make that rule? <sighs> you have time. You I'm, have Giannis. He's one of the most athletic. You just throw it at the rim and see what happens. They did it to you. I was about to say, Butler just proved what can happen in a little bit of time. He's got a timeout there and didn't call it. But now go to the end. He ended up with Grayson Allen flailing away, trying to find something, and they didn't even get a shot off. He had a timeout there. Such where's, a joke. where's that timeout? They, they, they could have crossed midcourt with seven seconds, I think it was. Seven or eight? Get your T.O., calm down, figure out what you want to do. And he didn't call a timeout in either spot. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. And Giannis talking about like the season wasn't a failure. Yes, it was. I get what you were trying to say. We could play the audio later. Right. But I get what he's trying to say. People got to remember, this guy, he's from Greece. He came from poverty. He got it from the mud. So coming over here, like, life's incredible for him. He never thought he would be in this place. He's won a championship before. He's won MVPs, Defensive Player of the Years. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily have that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant mindset. <laughs> like, Kobe, his dad was a pro. That's what he grew up with. He grew up with NBA or bust. That was Kobe's life. Michael Jordan, we know his story. He got cut in high school. That's what drove him. Giannis, in a way, he's just happy to be here. LeBron James, his dad, single-parent household, he always loves to say that. You always hear LeBron say, yeah, growing up, my mom's just us. Poverty, single-parent household, I'm just happy to be here. So sometimes people kind of hate. You remember after Dallas when he was like, you know what? People that are hating on me for losing this finals in 2011, y'all still got to live y'all's lives. I'm going to live mine. People hated me. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You serious? You never want the one thing you don't need in those press conferences is perspective. Yeah, That's no, not wait, what we're looking for. Not trying to hear that, Giannis. I'm really not trying to hear that either. I'd rather you be realistic and say, yeah, me getting injured. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm he looked like he was second guessing stuff. He was settling oh, for jumpers. Yeah. He didn't have that same burst. And then when he fell, he fell really hard one time. And then he that kind of changed his you know outlook on how he should approach the game. But yeah, man, you got to give the Heat their credit. Jimmy Butler was amazing. I've never seen Drew Holiday get challenged like that in my life, mm. ever, ever. He treated Drew Holiday like he was a JV player, like a scrub. And by the way, I know he'll still keep the the chip on his shoulder. But congratulations to Jimmy Butler for getting to the point where the officials consider him enough of a star that they let him shove what's his name into the seats like that and then put get the little that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Was that Connaughton that he shoved? I think so. And by the way, that's right after Budenholzer took Lopez out of the game. What are you doing? At least if he tries to push Lopez down low, it's a little more of a body you've got down there. Yeah, he, it was <laughs> that was just the awful play. You know what was gonna happen. Like, they did that little circle pick play, and great pass by Vincent. That was, that was an incredible fa- fantastic. pass. Fantastic. Incredible pass. And great job by Butler. But that, that reminded me almost of Jordan's last shot with the Bulls, where I'm like, you just got to give him the respect. Is it a technically? Is that technically a foul? Maybe. But you're not going to call it there. Yeah, and, and you know, Kevin Love was huge in this series. He looked like the Kevin Love that was fresh from Minnesota and just got to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought – his time at Cleveland, it was good. Yes, they won that ring, but 
he he wasn't as good as he should have been. And I think that was because of the pressure, the expectation of playing with LeBron James and knowing, okay, you're with LeBron James, that means you have to be in the finals every single year. Some guys, it's hard to handle. Now, Kevin Love, you're an eighth seed. You're at the end of your career. You don't got care in the world. You're just out there hooping. And you can tell how much fun he's having. Like, he's so enthusiastic on the bench. And he, again, Kevin Love, he's a really good veteran that those guys need. Bam out of bio. He came along. And then they have so many shooters on the outside with Vincent, Shrews, Robinson, mm-hmm. even without Tyler Hero, Chad, Jimmy Butler, that he could do anything he want because the spacing is crazy. You can't help on anybody. Drew Holiday was on the island a lot. They would, you know, switch off on Brooke Lopez. He would be on the island because everybody's so afraid to help on the shooters on the outside. And Jimmy Butler, he didn't miss a pull-up jumper, I think, the whole series. He was getting to the paint. His three was falling. Averaged 37 points the whole series. He was oh. absolutely amazing. I can't wait till this, uh, for this next second round on Sunday with New York. Yeah, New York and Miami. That takes me back. Takes you back. Takes huh? me back. Van man, Gundy you... pulling on Lonzo Morning's leg and stuff. I was gonna say, are you old enough to remember that one? I do remember that one. Yeah, man, that's gonna be good stuff. New York and Miami will will face each other. Um, yeah, it's, in the end, I would say both things can be true. Was it a dumb question they asked Giannis? Kinda, but it's got a simple answer. And you're right. It's yes. You're the number one seed. There's only been what six times now that an eight has beaten a one. Clearly it's a disappointment. Clearly it's a, a disappointing season. Do you need to a- ask that question? Probably not. Dude, just come up with a better question than that. You, yeah, he could have phrased it a little better. It's just an ob- such an obvious question, and then Giannis tried to kind of dance around it. So I sort of get both sides of what happened last night, and he did it respectfully. Giannis is a respectful dude. He is. He, he, and he realized it. Did you, you could hear it. We'll play it later. Halfway through, he realizes, oh, and he says, like, yeah, I, I don't want to get too personal Because he was here. about to say, you don't know, you've never played the game. Exactly. He was about yep. to say that. He was headed there. He was right. about to say, uh-huh. you have no idea because you've never played the game and then he re- at this level. Then he and then he checked. Yeah, yeah, he checked himself. Then he kind of calmed down. We'll get that sound to you later. It is a little bit uh, – it looks pretty interesting. Memphis staying alive last night with a big win against the Lakers. Golden State stepped up and got a win finally on the road. It's the first time in a while we've seen them do that. We'll talk some NBA, but a lot of NFL draft talk tonight uh, for tonight as well. Jeff Howe's coming up at 105. Up next, let's get into the crap bag and talk about these Longhorn draft numbers. Bijan's going to get rid of one of them probably, but it's Sark that's got to get rid of the others. This is the Horn. Chad and Zay. Ah, yes. You take merciful fate, take that face makeup off, add some hairspray, lighten the mood, and add Stephen Piercy. And you get rat, ladies and gentlemen. Wanted man? Wanted man. Yeah. Never saw rat live. I wish I had. Rat and merciful fate getting us started today. Oh, man. Where were you when Rat ruled the world? Long time ago, Zay. Long time ago. Did they have the world on fire at one point? A little bit. A little bit. A little while. I'd say I'd give them two years. I bet over two years where I knew Rat. Was the album Out the Cellar? Out of the Cellar was the first one, yep. Yeah. Yeah, the woman that is. Because Wanted Man's on there, Round and Round is on there, and then there's another big hit. They had like three big hits on the first record. So the woman on the album cover. She's like on her knees going into a tunnel 
That's underground, and, and there's smoke coming from the tunnel? They told deep stories back then. <laughs> they told deep stories, eh, back in the day. Uh, actually, to be fair, if you're a rat freak, that might be the second album out of the cellar. The big, the first big album um, was that, but I think it might have been their second album or third. All right, uh, Rat and Merciful Fate to start us off. We are skipping the album swap this week. We're going to keep talking NFL draft in the 2 o'clock hour, although next week Zay is thinking it might be Buster Rhymes for me, and I'm thinking it may need to be Metallica for Zay. You've said you... Real, you've said you've at least grown accustomed to the idea of a long metal song that takes a while to develop. Well, the kings of that were Metallica. Wow, terrific. So I think we may just immerse you in it and just see what you think. All right. We may do that next week as well. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. Right now, let's get into the crap bag here. Longhorn fans, let's talk about all this draft number stuff. Get it out in the open. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. These are some of these numbers you've heard before, but tonight's a huge night to start maybe changing these numbers if you are a Longhorn fan. It is true that the last offensive player for Texas to be drafted in the first round is who's a? Vince Young. Vince Young. That is true. So that takes us all the way back to 2006. 16 drafts have gone by, 17 years, and a Longhorn has not been drafted. An, an offensive Longhorn has not been drafted first in the first round. Obviously, if Bijan goes tonight, that will change. Now, the last first round pick was Malcolm Brown, the defensive lineman, if you don't know that one, but that's still seven years ago, seven to eight, however, me, however you want to uh, work that math. So here's the other little thing about tonight that fascinates me, Zay. It's the optics. Sark will be there tonight in Kansas City with B. John Robinson. The Texas coach has not had that opportunity for all these years. The last time this happened, Vince Young drafted in 06. So here's your, your perspective. The last time Texas had an offensive player drafted, George W. Bush is president. The Spurs still had two more titles to win. The Mavs hadn't even gone to the finals yet. They're about to go to the finals against the Heat, and some would say get screwed. And what else is going on in 06? Um, I'm trying to think of what else. And people barely knew who Colt McCoy was. Yep. You were familiar with him. You kind of knew. Yeah. But 06 is when that happened. So Bijan can get rid of that part. Here are some of the other numbers to just keep in mind. Why I think it's important for Sark to be there tonight. Because you're you're starting to you need to see that coach to show the recruit to say, hey, if I'm a big-time recruit and I want to go to the next level, there's the guy that can get me there. Absolutely. Just like Zay in the basketball world, the poster coach for that has become Cal. Oh, he loves draft night. Sit at draft night, watch these Kentucky guys in the suits head off into into riches and stardom, and he's the reason he does for it, a lot of people. He does it for draft night, and he does it in the playoffs. He'll go and watch yeah. his former players and then be on like the court and stuff just to show that I support you no matter what. Come to my school. It's brilliant stuff. So here's the two stats I looked up just to give us all some perspective here. First-round offensive linemen drafted since 2010 and first-round draft picks overall since 2010. Here we go. Let's just go ahead and start at the top. Let's let's have some fun. We'll start at the top. Alabama. 
First-round offensive linemen since 2010, eight. First-round draft picks overall since 2010, 40. Damn. Just to give you an idea of where the top is. Georgia, three offensive linemen, 17 overall. Clemson, no offensive lineman, interestingly enough, since 2010, but 15 overall draft picks in the first round. Ohio State's had two offensive linemen drafted in the first round since 2010. They've had 21 first-round picks since 2010. Let's get closer to home. TCU, no offensive lineman, but six first-round picks since 2010. Baylor, one offensive lineman, five overall first-round picks. And here comes your last three. A&M. Five offensive linemen since 2010 in the first round. Ten overall first-round picks. Oklahoma, one offensive lineman since 2010. Ten first-round picks since 2010. By the way, if you're a Sooner fan listening out there, your team might need to change that one because you're headed into the SEC. And if you're not blocking and tackling any better than that, look out. One since 2010? It's not good. And finally, Texas. Three first-round picks since 2010. Total offensive linemen drafted since 2010 in the first round. None. Zero. Zero. Go- mm. Goose egg. Sark being there tonight with Bijan needs to change those numbers. Bijan will handle tonight. Sark, you need to be dressed up in your absolute best. Make sure that Miss L'Oreal gets you set up. No Burger King suit tonight. Make sure you are looking sharp. Burger scene, Burger King suit was clean, y'all. Make sure you, y'all don't know style, man. Make sure you are looking as sharp as you can because all of those big time guys are looking at you tonight. Bijan could be the start of something that helps to change these numbers. Yeah, and that has to change, and that's why it's so exciting seeing these recruiting classes coming in because now you're right there with the Alabamas and the Georgias with these recruiting classes, which leads up to first round picks. Yes, you have to develop them, but it's a lot easier to develop the four- and five-star guy than it is a two- and three-star guy, or not develop them at all like we've been doing these last ten years, right. which is why yep. you just named those terrible stats just now. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I'm with you. Everything needs to change down here, and you're starting to slowly see that, but it also has to be shown on the field. Yeah. 40 first-round picks since 2010. And Come on, dude. Stupid. Come on, Nick! Would you, would you, please? And then if you just look at, I mean, what did I say? Five offense, no, eight offensive linemen. I didn't break down the defensive line, but my God, that dude has just had so many big time interior guys get drafted. Not to mention, and then you start seeing the skill people get mixed in. That's yeah, the, the ridiculous really, cornerbacks and safeties that he's had come through there. Then the receivers rolled through. Then he starts putting quarterback. When the quarterback thing starts happening, that's when you know it's really dangerous. Because right. at least you could make fun of him for that over the years. Well, the quarterback is kind of, yeah, that's gone. That's gone to a uh, Mac Jones. Oh, and the guy who just became the highest paid player. We ain't counting him. Ever. We ain't counting him. We gonna say that's Lincoln Riley's doing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You get, I'm not gonna say it. So sooner, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm Lincoln Riley. Okay. That's what I'm gonna say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Draft coming up tonight. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, obviously, if Bijan gets drafted, first offensive player to be drafted for Texas in the first round since VY, the question is where will he be drafted? We know where Vince was drafted and then ultimately became Rookie of the Year. Is Bijan gonna end up in Atlanta? Could it be Philly? 
That's 8 and 10. Detroit's been mentioned. If he gets down to 21 at the Chargers, all indications are they'll run to take him as well and put him with Herbert and the crew out in L.A. You think Bijan could sell some product out in L.A.? Oh, that'd be too easy. Oh, my God. You think he'd end up in a TV show or two if he wanted to? That Flashing that smile at yeah. everybody? Yeah, and him and Justin Herbert, they're cut from the same cloth. Even though... Both of those guys are pretty presentable and, you know, different ads and a lot of people would want them to represent their product. Those guys are behind the scenes. Those guys are dudes that you, again, won't have to worry about getting into trouble. They're going to come in, do their leadership on the field, off the field, et cetera, and you won't have to worry about them. So, yeah, I think him and Justin Herbert, that will be a match made in heaven. Could be big time. We'll continue to talk about the draft. Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, coming up. We'll talk some Longhorn stuff, talk Bijan and the draft and where he thinks the other guys could end up. Also coming up in your Flex segment, if you're a Longhorn fan or, for that matter, an Aggie fan, a Sooner fan, there's a flex guy that got away and he headed off to another conference and now he's going into the transfer portal. So you get another shot. We'll tell you who he is coming up on the horn.